0: Where, where we're talking about follower of Christ, that's like being a fan. And you've seen some of these rocking places like the Arrowhead Stadium and Bears uh, Soldier Field. And you've been, How many's been to some of those places where it just rocks? I love it when church rocks because it bothers me when we give more to that stuff than we do to God. How many know it's okay to shout at church, amen? Man, I couldn't hold it back. I, I, I never would just want to be empty in a shout, but man, that last song, I found myself just... Wow, (laughs) several times. You know why that's so powerful is it's a priestly blessing. That's like a a song right out of the word. So we are excited, man. God's doing some amazing things here at the church. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. If you're watching online, uh, if you want to turn there with us too. We're going to be talking about God first value-driven life today. God first, value-driven life. You know, the scripture says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is, is life not more than food? And the body not more than clothes? And then he says, man, look at the birds. I do this a lot when I walk and pray. Man, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap and they don't store in barns, yet the Heavenly Father feeds all of them." I help him every once in a while. I feed squirrels and birds through the winter a little bit. But, but even if I didn't, he would do it. And then he says, aren't you much more valuable than them? And then it says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? And then he gives this example, see the flowers of the field that grow? They do not labor and they do not spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, and Solomon had so much wealth and so much money, he built a temple that was so amazing that when the Queen of Sheba walked in, the Bible says she fainted. It was so amazing. So even Solomon, in all of his splendor, he wasn't dressed like one of these everyday flowers that God made. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what are we going to wear? Look at this. It says, for the pagans, people that don't know God, unbelievers, they're the one that run after those things. And your heavenly father knows that you need these things. But here it goes right here. But seek first. Everybody say first. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. You know, in our text, these people were thinking about all the things that they need or thought that they needed to make them secure and happy. And I'll tell you what, if you ask most people, um, what would it take to make their life happier? A lot of people just start making a list of some stuff. and, And most people think that lack and dysfunction and unhappiness is through obtaining more stuff i call it the if and the and the then or the contingent happiness boy if the pandemic were just over then i could be happy and i know it's been hard and i know there's been challenge but you know a lot of us weren't happy before the pandemic and then we're like man if i could just have that job or that promotion if i could just have that or that that house then happy a lot of it would be definitely a man. Some of you girls are like, oh, I definitely need a man. Or some of you guys are like, man, if I could just find that relationship, it'd be a woman. If I could just find that woman. Amen. Good to see you guys today. If I could just find that woman or find that man and have that relationship, that'd do it. Or maybe if I just drop some weight. Maybe if I could just feel more fit. But we have our own consumer math that we think equals happiness we're like clothes plus job plus relationships plus money minus pain minus sorrow minus sad times well that's what would be making us happy i want you to write this down happiness isn't an issue of need but it's of an order happiness is not an issue of need but of order the Bible talks about getting our life in an order. And I want to start out awakening with order. It's not more money, better transportation, better job. It's not more, more, more. If I could just have all that and all this. In our text, the Bible says when God's divine order is intact, then everything else is met. I want you to write down this too. Happiness is about order. Write this down right here. Where order is restored, blessing is released. You know, God designed blessing to be a natural byproduct of a divine order. And you can even see that when you clean your house or clean your car or clean up something that's, that's messy. You can see a difference. And when people choose to put that order in our lives where there's a God-first order and we're not seeking, we're not worrying about what we're going to wear, what we're going to have, we put that order, that God order in our life, then everything else just naturally flows after that. Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers, said said this, he said, The order of nature is this, individual happiness shall be inseparable from the practice of virtue. Without godly virtue and without godly order, happiness cannot be. So it starts, this scripture says, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and seek his righteousness. And then all these other things that we think brings us happiness, God brings them as well. When you look at this word righteousness, everybody underline that or or write this somewhere on your notes or something. But righteousness here isn't talking about being made right with God. It's not talking about right standing. It's talking about righteousness in a way of godly character or a godly path. Righteousness here means uh, going about things the way God would and going about things that where we do things that line up with his character. So that's what righteousness means. And then seek here means this seek means to thoroughly search, thoroughly search out. I'm going to search, I'm going to dig, I'm going to seek, I'm going to find the answer. And then after you get it, it's two meanings it's thoroughly search. And then after you've thoroughly searched, then you move into a binding agreement, almost like a marriage. So you search, so, so, so he's saying, seek my righteousness, seek my way of doing things, seek my character, seek my order. And then he says, thoroughly seek, go through the word. I'm gonna go through the word. I'm gonna search out God's way of doing things. I'm gonna search out how he says to do famine. I'm gonna search out how my marriage should be. I'm gonna search it out. And after I search it out, then I'm going to come into a binding agreement with what I just figured out. I'm going to come into a binding agreement with this teaching, and then I live and I construct, I reconstruct my life according to the principle or the value that I found when I was thoroughly searching. Is anybody out there say amen? So when you do that, after we do that, I want to challenge you with this. Make a one-time decision and stick with it. Make a one-time decision and then do it. You shouldn't have to get up every day and decide, am I going to be a Christian or not today? Well, am I going to be a Christian or not today? Am I going to follow God today? You, you, you won't ever make it with the Lord. It's double-mindedness. You can't wake up. You, you, you should be at a place in your faith wall where you shouldn't wake up every Sunday and decide if you're going to church or not. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I stayed up late and we watched Netflix and we watch movies and we're tired, so we'll just sleep in today. And, and But hey, make a one-time decision. Seek God first and put godly principles first. Put, seek first his kingdom. Seek his righteousness, his way of doing things. Search it out. Thoroughly look for it. But when you find it, buddy, hang on to it. Sink your teeth into it and quit going back and forth. Quit going back and forth. You get decision, that, that we have decision fatigue to, to where we're, we're, we're always making decisions that we made a long time ago, and by golly, we need to stick to it. Stick to it, what God Have some stickability to what God's saying. Should I give? Should I do this? Should I be healthy? Should I be a good father? Should I be a good parent, a spouse, a good friend? Set your mind on those things, find it, and then stick with it. You know, anxiety, anxiety actually means, people that are anxious all the time, anxiety actually means two minds, dual minds. Dual minds. One mind wants to do this, and another mind wants to do this. One mind thinks you this is right. One mind thinks that's right, and you just it gets complicated, and it creates such in instability, in and you can never get traction in your faith walk because the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So what I want you to do through this fast. Is I want you to pinpoint some things in your life that you need to start following godliness in. God, what godliness means as a man. What godliness means as a woman. What godliness means in our relationship. What godliness means in our business. This is a time of seeking. This is a time of an awakening. An awakening to something's new. Some of you need something new because the old isn't working and the old isn't keeping you happy. But the Lord says, if we'll seek this and put this divine order in, then the blessings will just come. Thoroughly search it out. So that was my first point. The second point is this. Step two on God's first value-driven life is this. We redirect our energy. I want us to redirect our energy. What do you mean by that? Well, in the text, Jesus is saying... And you're spending all this time, all this energy, you're worrying about all of these things. What am I going to wear? What am I going to do? Am I going to have food? Am I not going to have food? Am I going to have a job? Am I not? You're spending all this energy worrying. Is me and my wife going to make it? Are we not going to make it? Are my kids going to be? All this time, Jesus said, you're spending all this energy. You're just burning it. Worrying about these things. I just need you to take that energy that you're already spending on something, and all I need you to do is redirect that same energy towards me. If we would redirect the energy that we're spending on worrying and uncertainty, think about the energy you're burning. You're just burning all this. If we could just redirect that. You know, I'm not talking about adding more to your life because our lives are already full. How many say amen? I'm talking about redirecting something you're already been. Don't add too much. Jesus is saying you're spending precious time and energy on things which don't give back. Everybody say don't give back. They don't give back. Worrying does not give back. Jesus is saying, I need you to just take some of that energy you're already spending on all this stuff that isn't giving you anything back and I want you to redirect this energy towards me and you will not believe the return that you'll have if you'll do that. That's what he was saying. You know, in the text, it gives the example, it gives the example of turning your worry, your worry into worship. What about if we just took worry and we turned it into worship? Energy spent on worry equals complete loss. It gives nothing back. Worrying saps our strength from today. And it takes our hope for tomorrow. Worry makes me eat more. Worry makes me cranky. Worry makes me negative, fearful, pessimistic. Worry is a total energy drain. It's a total energy waste. There's no return. It only takes. It gives nothing back. The human mind spends all that energy on something that's a total loss. What are you trying to say? In this fast, don't add more because our lives are already full. But redirect some of the negative energy. Redirect some of the worry energy. Redirect some of the negative energy. Redirect some of these things. Worship, however, is an energy investment. It has a huge payback. Jesus says, when you turn your worry into worship, it's an energy investment with a high level of return. Paul said, don't worry about anything. Instead, redirect. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and then thank him for the answer. Worry zaps. Worship gives back. Worry zaps. Worship gives back. People that worry walk around fatigued, depressed, exhausted, tired, irritable, insecure. But people that worship the joy of the Lord is their what? Strength. The joy of the Lord is their strength. People that wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Worship is an investment towards a good energy. We need to turn our worry into worship. Turn our worry into worship. Another thing on redirecting. I want us to redirect. Another thing I wrote down here on redirecting is we need to redirect focusing on failure and turn it to faith. Quit focusing on the failure and focus on faith in God. Seems simple, but... It's got a big payoff if we'll do it. I want us to quit focusing on the negative and let's focus on the positive. I want you to write these things down. I want you to write these four things down. Triggers, triggers, thoughts, actions, consequences. Triggers, thoughts, actions, consequences. Like with eating, Um, a trigger for me is if I have a stressful day or if I have a real good day, a trigger is I get home and I wanna sit down and just eat whatever's in front of me. I wanna just fog eat or I wanna just storm eat or just eat everything. So so I, I know that certain things happen in my life that makes a trigger. And then my mind starts getting thinking about all this stuff. And then from thoughts, it turns into an action. And if I don't reframe my thoughts about eating, then I'll be eating cheese puffs and I'll be eating all this other stuff. But when I reframe my mind, my goodness, um, Amy, the food you put on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, can I go eat at your house? Um, you guys eat so healthy. And, 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 but, but we make that choice. So, so, so it starts with a trigger. Everybody has triggers that make you do Something good or something bad. I mean, it causes... But then it gets in our mind to where we have all these thoughts where we can either... They can be distorted thoughts. They can be stressful thoughts. They can be depressed thoughts. They can be distressed thoughts. They can be all these different kind of thoughts in our head. So we got to get rid of those thoughts and reframe them to what the Word says because either way, we're going to take action. Your thoughts are an an incubator for future actions. Your, your thoughts are. So you gotta, we got to change. That's where the Scripture talks about renewing our mind with the Word of God. And then uh, our, our thoughts turn into actions. And how many know that actions have consequences? If I have the bad trigger, and then I have the bad thoughts, and then I go into the bad actions, then there's bad consequences. If you want to blow your stack with your wife, if there's a trigger that something... there's a trigger, you know something's getting ready to happen because you can feel it in the air and stuff just don't seem right in the atmosphere. And you're thinking about what it is and your thoughts are being filled with negative towards your wife or positive towards your husband or negative, vice versa. You're you're having all these thoughts. Well, these things are going to go into action, verbal action or nonverbal. It goes into, it's going to take some type of an action. And then some of you get the consequence of you sleeping on the couch. That's a, that's, a, that's a consequence we don't like. So I like to say we have triggers. And triggers triggers is then our thoughts are filled. So when we have a trigger, then our thoughts need to be filled with God's thoughts. And then these God thoughts are going to turn into to positive actions. And then guys, how many know it's not consequences, but it's rewards? There's rewards in that i want you to write down those four things and in this fast like some of you that have addiction or some of you that have unforgiveness let's pinpoint that sucker let's pinpoint that thing in this fast let's put our thumb on let's change hey how many want god to do something in your life the next 21 days let's pinpoint that thing if you have an addiction what triggers your addiction to where you, you, you feel like you gotta go get some, uh, uh, some smoke, some dope, or, or, or do an addiction, or go, go uh, you turn to alcohol, the overuse of alcohol, or something? What is the trigger? Put your finger on what the trigger is. What is the trigger that just makes your marriage fly into chaos? And guys, quite frankly, some of you know the triggers, and you like to set your wife off. We we need to stop that. We 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 know how many know you can put your finger on the triggers, but w- what, whatever triggers it, identify the trigger, and then after you identify it, thoroughly search. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Thoroughly search out the thought that God wants your mind to have, that has godly character. Are are you all with me on this? You, you, and you reframe these distortions and these things that's in your head. You reframe those. If you've got horrible thoughts about your husband or you've got horrible thoughts about your wife and the things they do triggers it, reframe them things. Reframe them things. And then faith is action. To me, sometimes actions happen without you having any control over it. But to me, sometimes you just need to make up your mind That you're going to take action. Do you know it's very possible that you could lose the feeling of love in your marriage? Very possible. Very possible. And if you don't have that love for your spouse, this is a great time to ask God to give that back to you. Hey, He can do that supernaturally. He can make you as excited about your wife physically, emotionally, everything as you were when you were dating. He can do that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He can do that. He can do that. But man, we got to, we got to see, we got to, I want us to, I really want us to take this fast and pinpoint some triggers. Get our thoughts in mind with what God's thinking. Put some action to things. And let's change consequences and to some rewards. Anybody out there? I started my fast a week early. Because I like to be kind of in front. I want to be in front in the reading and stuff. But man, God, God, really, um, God really met me one. It was a morning. Yeah, I, I think I wake, woke up feeling pretty lousy. Didn't I? I, I, I? But but I went outside and it was cold, and I went to the end of our fifth wheel. We live in the fifth wheel, and I and I was sitting there thinking, and 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 the Lord just he he spoke to me, and, and I, I hesitate to say that because because quite frankly, sometimes you can hear stuff, and you're like, did that really happen? I mean, like, I, I won't give examples. But sometimes I think people exaggerate some stuff. And, um, but not exaggerating, God will speak to you. In fact, that's all I had. If you say, well, I'm a new, new Christian, I'm a new follower. Man, you're the best candidate because us old followers get to where we think we know everything. and We get so full of the word that we quit going for that simple voice. In fact, the Lord spoke to me last year and said, I want you to get back to spirit to spirit, vessel to vessel. Not that God was telling me, don't read my word. But you can get so word where you're reading the word all the time that you forget. God is spirit. And the big S spirit speaks to my spirit. And I I usually get things in my spirit first. And then my spirit... The Word and the Holy Spirit, they teach my head to where I have knowledge and understanding. And then to get spiritual things from your this eighteen inches, and then if you're a communicator, you got to get it the understanding to where you can say it to people, to where you all look at me and you're like, hey, I understand what you're saying. Okay? So God does speak to you, but he speaks in your spirit. It's just a you just you just know. It. Hey, he will speak to all of you. He will. He really will. Again, I want to say it again. If you're just starting, you're the best candidate. He'll speak to you. He'll speak to you. So he spoke to me the other day, and he said, Brian, do you believe I can do this? And what he put his finger on, Chad, was something that I've tried and failed at on trying to overcome in my 33 years of walking with the Lord. I was like, ooh, God, you're putting your finger on that one? Because you get failure after failure after failure after failure. I mean, sometimes I hate to even ask for forgiveness from the Lord because I'm like, jeez, buddy, you've been 33 years. Haven't you got this yet? Did anybody else do that? Don't do that. That's not the Lord. He wants you to run to him. And you always got to remember, you're already forgiven of your past, present, and future sins anyway. Just go be right with God. Okay? So, um, but he came and he said, man, do you believe I can do this in your life? And I didn't answer very quickly. And then he moved on to the next one. And the next one was Rick McCombs that's sitting in, that's a member of our church that's been in a coma since week after Thanksgiving. Guys, he opened his eye this week and he, he followed and he sat on the end of the bed for 10 minutes. That, that is one person I really think, to be honest with you, so, even if it's premature when you're a pastor, I sometimes know when God's going to go ahead and take them. Even if they're, I, I just, I know it. And sometimes that's hard because everybody's wanting you to pray this way or pray that way. But sometimes the Lord will give me a word of wisdom. And a lot of times I don't share it. Uh, but um, this with him, like when the Lord said, do you believe that I, will bring, that I, that I, that I can bring Rick out of this coma and he can, this can be a miracle? And I quickly said, yes, I, I really do. I really do. But then God had the audacity To put his finger on another untouchable in my heart. And he said, Do you believe I can do that? And one in three, I know he can, but I didn't know if I believed that that would happen for me. But something happened out there, Dana. Something happened out there behind my fifth wheel, to where both of those, I say, God, I do believe that you do that. Amen. I really do believe you do that. And I've seen you do that. And I, I started doing that. I've seen you do that. And I do believe you can do that for me. God. And then the Lord said, all right, then take action. And there were some clear actions I could do. (laughs) There were some clear actions I could do. And I went and told my wife what God said, and we did the action together. It was really humbling, too. But I told Carmen what God was telling me, and we knew it was him. And there is no way it's happening unless he does it and that's why this fast is so good. Man, I hope you guys do it. Fasting takes away unbelief. Fasting gets the gunk out. Fasting is where you create a space for God to fill. Some of you are so empty. If you would create a space for God to fill through the fasting, fasting isn't to beg God for something or to 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 scratch yourself and beg him to be forgiven or right. Those things are already done through the cross of Christ. New te- that's Old Testament fasting. New Testament fasting is about celebration. Amen. Celebration. And man, I, I, I put my finger on one and three, and guys, I'm, I've walked, I, 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 I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if we do this, it's got to be you, because I failed at this. If we do this, and I said, if we do this, I'm not going to be cranky. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not... If, 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 if I don't want to go crazy. Just go crazy with nervousness and anxiety. God, we... I've tried that one before. If we do this... And guys, I'm telling you... Amen. Like the second... I said, God, you got to give me both the desire... This is scripture. you got to give me both the desire and the power to do what pleases you. And then I was like, um, one of the days, lust simply means strong desire. This lust came. I was having a strong, strong desire, heavy desire, more powerful than me, more powerful than willpower, more powerful than determination, more powerful than want to. And I just stopped and I said here it is God and I kept hearing him say the other day do you believe that I can do this and I said Lord I believe you can do this guys I'm telling you I was instantly it was gone I'm not kidding I'm not kidding it was gone and I just walked I walked it out and and there was a reward and not a consequence. All the other times I just would cave in and there'd be a consequence of all this stuff. It it feels so much better to walk in the reward. Um, I I told Carmen yesterday, the day before, I think it's gone. I think it's gone. And I've got some good buddies that I tell things too and I'll be glad to tell you guys what, what it is but I, I think it's gone all I had to do was just redirect that energy you know the Bible says whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them If God wants to put something... But right now I want you to think about something that God might want you to put your finger on. That you've just been kind of living with it. I want you to have the courage. Do you know it takes courage to be healed? Amen. I want you to take some courage today. If you want your marriage to be healed or you want to be healed as a person. Take some courage. Okay. Okay. Take that thing that's off limits that you failed at every time you've tried. Maybe write it down. Get it in your head. Get it in your head. And I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to get one in your head. And then I want you to to hear God saying, do you believe that I can do this? And you may be like I was where I was like, Eww, I know you do do that I don't know if you can do that for me because failure does that to you okay I want you to get in in your head and then I want you to move past I want you to move past and I want you to know people that he's done that for maybe what you're asking I want you to create some faith here okay do you believe I can do this? And then I want you to get to a place today like I did the other day where you say, I believe you can. God, I really pray you're doing this in people's hearts and I hope they get something I got the other day. Okay, now then, God's gonna, what action, faith is action. What action action do you need to do? Think about it. What do you need to do? Addictions are easy. If it's an addiction, go get the addiction and have the courage to throw it in the trash. And if it's clear, fool, and you just bought it, have more joy throwing it away. And while you're doing it, I believe, Lord, What triggers your depression? What triggers your discouragement? Let's put your finger on that this next 21 days. And let's thoroughly search the word and find the answer through this fast. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word, then then enter a binding agreement with the Lord. I entered a binding agreement the other day. And then when it started not going well, I leaned into him. Okay. Just curiosity. We're, I'm not going to hype things all up today. We're basically done. Because I I just want God to move and something real to happen, and I think something real is happening. How many say that you took the courage and that you're you're gonna you're you're gonna maybe touch an untouchable an un, the, the, uh, there's been an untouchable in your life and an unreachable how many took courage and say i'm gonna put my finger on that let me see your hands today lift them up high let me see your hands there's an untouchable that i'm putting my finger on okay and you went through those steps hey brayden you don't have to worry about music today I actually like this service a lot because some days I think we depend on so many things to make everybody have a good service but a good service is just that you met God and I feel like we met God today how many feel like you met God today and he met you right where you're at well let's just do one thing let's just stand to our feet and then let's just if you're comfortable with it, just lift your hands up and let's just give praise to God. Lord, just say, praise him. Say, Lord, I thank you for what you're getting ready to do in my life this week. Lord, I, I, I'm courageous and I'm bold and I'm excited about, I'm finally putting my finger on something that's really been wreaking havoc in my life. And I just kind of gave up that it that could ever happen. But I'm, I believe it can happen today. Come on. Oh, Father, I release a faith that people will believe that it can happen. It'll happen for them this week. And then, oh, God, thank you that we're going to act on this word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. You can go in peace, guys. We've met God. Uh, I wish we could hug the heck out of each other. I really do. Dog, I hate that part. I, this is, I just want to have a hugging service. By golly, let, give some air hugs. and You know how we do it for right now. But how many know this too is going to pass? Amen. God bless you.